So raise your hand as we give together if you've made a New Year's resolution. Anybody? A few of you? How many of you just give up on that a long time ago? I'm just going to go. I saw one that said, I'm going to get fat and try not to die. That was his too, right? And so, um, but today's not about resolutions. Today is about the Believe Revolution. And I want to talk to us about what we're going to be starting this week in our Believe City groups, but what we're going to begin teaching on uh, next Sunday. Now, our Believe City groups are not going to be like, hey, we're talking about them now and we're not going to talk about them anymore, okay? Our Believe City groups are going to be ongoing. We're going to be inviting people into those all the time. And so that's going to be a constant invitation. And if you say, I don't know what Believe City groups are, I'll explain that to you in just a moment. But I wanted to start with a story, and this is a true story. And one, I have, I have twin girls that are nine, and I have a seven-year-old son. His name is Luke. So Allie and Christy are my girls. Luke is my son. And, and sometime in 2018, Allie asked me this question. Allie said, hey, Dad, when I'm older, can I use the F word? They don't tell you how to handle this stuff in the parenting books, right? And they always ask you and drive and, you know, hey, Dad, I'm like, no, like, that's not a word that you need to put into your vocabulary, right? Well, it's like, and she's like, well, what about the S word? And so here we go. I know this rabbit trail. We're going to go through every curse word they know until I give them permission to say something. And I said, listen, I said, here's the deal. If you ever don't know what to say, just say what your mom says. Like she said, Jen's sitting right beside me. I said, if you ever don't know what to do or what to say, just talk like your mom. And my son, Luke, without missing a beat, says, so you want me to yell at people all day long? <laughs> now, listen, my wife, Jen, she doesn't yell at people all day long, all right? No, she's pretty awesome. But I had to read that story to say, is this accurate? She's like, that's an accurate story, you know. But, um, but isn't it, it's good in life to have, because there are times, here's, the, here's my statement. When we don't know what to do, it, it's helpful, it helps to have somebody to point to. Like as a dad, there are times that I don't know what to do, and it's good to be able to point, hey, be like your mom. Just do what she does. Now, Jen doesn't often say that about me, but anyway, <laughs> but do what your mom does. But what about when it comes spiritually, right? Like if you think about your own spiritual life, like when we don't know what to do as humans, as we don't know what to do in different areas, like do we have people spiritually, a, a person specifically, and you can kind of see where I'm going, but we can be pointed to and say, oh, just be like and our blank here at New City Church would be Jesus. And so we have this mission statement that really guides us as a church family. It's why we exist as a church. And our mission statement is simply this. It says to inspire you, right, to trust in and live like Jesus. That's why everything that we do at New City stems from that. That I want to inspire you to trust in and live like a specific person, not me. I will let you down. And if you've been in church very much of your life, there's probably been a ministry leader, a pastor, somebody who's let you down, that's hurt you. Listen, I hope, I hope, and I try to put boundaries around my life that I will never do that, but I'm a dude. So this, the mission statement isn't to inspire you to trust in and live like Matt. It's to inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus. And that's my goal, and that's also what I continue to point you, us, as a team, as a family, as individuals to, over and over and over again. So if you're working on your resolutions for 2019, I might encourage you to put at the top of your list, like you might have already had two or three things down, or maybe you haven't even started one, but just write number one, be like Jesus. That ought to be like our ultimate goal as followers, our ultimate goal of people who are on this spiritual journey, always and forever should be to live like Jesus. Like this year, 
If you just said, in all my life, in all areas of my life, in everything that I do, I want to take a step in looking more and living more like Jesus, man, that would be an awesome and ultimate goal. And here's how we can do that, right? Here's why we can do that. John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, John records, he was the disciple that he often says the disciple Jesus loved. He wrote this, he says in John 1.14, so the word became human and made his home among us. Like Jesus stepped out of heaven, God sent his son, and he lived these 33 odd years, it's a short life, but in those 33 short years, he taught you and I the best way, a better way to be human. And if not careful, right, we will get so sidetracked by our culture, so sidetracked by the, the things in our life and our, maybe our own flesh, right, that we take our eyes off of Jesus. And that's why being here on Sunday morning is so well. The reason being in the belief group is so important is because it's going to keep you focused because there are all kinds of voices in your ears and in your neighborhoods and in your workplace trying to get you to chase the things of this culture and the things of this world. And Sunday morning is a great time for us to just kind of refocus man, to trust in and live like Jesus. Hey, over here, trust in and live like Jesus. Hey, look at me, trust in and live like Jesus. And we do that every, every single week. But here's the thing. Anybody ever have any good days doing that? Good days? That's a good day. Anybody have any bad days? (laughs) Yeah, all right. As I look back on my life, man, there are some times I'm like, good job. And there's some days where I'm just, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by my behavior. I'm embarrassed by my attitude. I'm embarrassed by my witness. And so how can we, I think here's an important question, how can I, how can we consistently live like Jesus in 2019? And that might seem overwhelming. You want me to what? Do you know that I just did good getting here for again for the second or third time today, right? By the way, if you're a third time guest, we do have the Believe uh, book and study guide for you for free that we want to bless you with. So if you're a third time guest after service, make your way out to the Believe station and pick up your free resources. We're really, really glad that you're back for the third time, Right? But there is a way, there is a way, and there is an answer, an achievable answer for everyone in this room to consistently and continually trust in and live like Jesus. Like, you can do this, and I can do this, and we can do this together, but to help us get there, I've got to combine two verses. I've got to take a verse from the New Testament and a, t- and a verse from the Old Testament, and let us combine those together and see what we might discover. So can you guys do that with me? So I'll take you on a little Bible study this morning, and we're going to be in the book of Romans, and then we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. So if you have your app on your phone, or if you have your Bible, let's go to Romans. Let's start in Romans, Romans chapter 12. Okay, it's going to be on the screen, but I would encourage you to get in the habit of finding stuff on your phone, through your Bible app, or finding stuff in God's Word. The book of Romans is like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and then Romans. That's the sixth book in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 12, and Romans can be a hard book. Like if you're new to the Bible, Romans can be a little, that's heavy lifting, right? That's like going to the gym and just throwing on two 45s on each side and just killing yourself, right? So you might want to you might want to have a spotter if you're going to go after Romans, uh, the book of Romans, uh, as a, as a, as, a, as a, somebody who's fresh to the to the Bible story. But Romans 12 too, Paul does tell us this little bit of information that's really really good. He says this. He says, "Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by how changing the way you think." Then you will know, I'm sorry, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, right? So here's the deal. Just real quick, last few words. God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Who likes those words? When you think about your life, good, pleasing, perfect. Sign me up. How do I get there, God? Well, Paul says, right, that God has to do something. What does God have to do? 
All right, so God has to transform us. Look at that scripture, because one of the things at New City we always want to say is a lot of times the things that we believe, we say, like when somebody says, hey, why do you believe this? If we're not careful, we will say, well, I think or I was told. And what I would love to see happen in your life in 2019, that you have more ability to say, well, the Bible says this, right? And so just based on looking at this scripture, what does God do? God transforms you into a new person by how? Changing the way you think, right? And God has the ability and the power to do that. Like, I don't know how you think this morning, but God has the ability to change the way you think. Will you, do, will you play along with me and just kind of begin tapping your brain a little bit? Tapping your brain? That's where you think, right? Come on, play along. Just where your head. Make sure you know. Okay, awesome. Now, here, I want you to catch two words, though. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, which means, hey, don't get caught up in all the nonsense out in this world, right? You got to pay attention. Woo-hoo, over here, focus, live like, trust him, live like Jesus. We come to church. That's why we're in groups. That's why we have church friends. Helps keep us focused. Now, what's those next two words? So, in customs of this world, next three words. We can, let's read those out loud. But, see, you have some ownership in this. God will not force you to think like his son Jesus. But let God. And so an attitude that you can have spiritually this morning is the attitude, the spiritual posture of, you know what? God, I'm going to give you permission. Actually, I want you. I want to let you into how I think about all things. Holy Spirit, will you begin to kind of seep into my brain on how I think about everything? Everything spiritual, everything politically, everything financially, everything and er- relationally. Just like there is not an area of my life that you don't have access to. I just want to let you begin to transform the way that I think. Because if you want to live like Jesus, you've got to think like Jesus. And if you want to think like Jesus, you've got to let God do what God can do. And that's mess with your brain. I'm personally, I don't like being told how to think. Like the news shows that I watch are not commentaries. Just tell me the facts. Let me read what was said. Don't tell me how to think about things. That's how I'm wired, right? I don't like being told how to think. But I'm totally okay when Jesus is my Lord and my Savior because he's earned those right, that I want to think like Jesus so that I could live like Jesus. Does that make sense? So let God transform the way you think by renewing, right, or changing how, how we go about this. Now, let's combine the Old Testament verse, right? The Old Testament verse is found in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And if you're like, I want to read the Bible, but I don't know where to start, here's one place that I would encourage you to always start. There are 30, uh, are there 30, yeah, there are 30 chapters, or 31, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and guess what? There's almost 31 days in every month, right? So today is January the 6th. So today after church, you could go home and you could turn your Bible to Proverbs chapter 6, and you could just do that every single day this month. And I mean, I would encourage you to do that and, until the Lord takes you home. Because every time you read Proverbs, you're going to learn something new, right? You're not going to get it on the first pass. And so for, uh, today, we can read January uh, chapter 6 of Proverbs, but we're going to be in chapter 4, so we're going to go two days in the past, right? That's when I wrote this. Um, I'm kidding. Um, Proverbs chapter 4, 23, notice what the, the writer says. He says, guard your heart above all else. Why? It determines the course of your life. So we think up here, and it has to go 12 inches to right here before it begins to impact how you live. Some of us, we think things, but we don't necessarily believe them yet. When you believe them, it changes the way that you act. And this writer in Proverbs says that you have to guard the thinking that you allow to be planted into your heart because it determines the direction of your life. 
You have to be careful about all of your thinking that it makes its way into your heart and it takes root because what it will produce is how you perceive and receive and go after the things of this life. Guard your heart above all else for it determines how you live. I know a friend who has a, got a tattoo of a shield over his heart. It goes in Proverbs 4.23, right? Help him remember that. But to guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I want to share something, a confession, if you will, or kind of share a little bit about me from 2018, that it is possible that you take some bad thinking and you, you, you can believe a lie. Did you know that you can believe a lie? I mean, God might have to, in 2019, he may need to get into your heart, your thinking to your heart, and begin to dig up or unravel a lie that you've been believing about yourself. And this is what we would call at New Cities and Spiritual Healing. Charlie Blair, one of our elders, would call it a truth exchange. Because you believe something to be truth, what God uncovers when he begins to transform you by the way you think, he says no. What you believe is truth is actually a lie. In 2018, this happened for me. Through one of my uh, Christian mentors, his name is Mike Grubbs. He's one of our counselors that we use at New City all the time. I have a counselor, right? I have a mentor. I have people who speak into my life. I don't think it's weird. I think it's healthy, right? Because I'm a dude, right? And I need people that can identify my gaps and who I can say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And Mike uncovered in 2018, he uncovered in me a core belief, as he called it, that I believed that he said is a lie. He's like, man, you believe something that guides your life and guides your leadership and guides how you go about things that is actually not true. And, and here is what that was. And, and, I, and I brought this here so that I can, I can show you exactly how this has happened in my life. But this is what I believed. I believed that um, I had to be good at everything that I did. I believed that I needed and had to meet your expectations. And when I couldn't be good enough and when I didn't meet your expectations, it created insecurities in me. And it would sometimes show up in temper. It would show up in anger. It would show up in just like kind of honestly pushing people away and not going to deal with you anymore. Because I had this core belief that I had to be the best at whatever I did or had to be near the top. If I, I just believe, and you may go, man, that is so stupid. Yeah, but I believed it to be true. And it was messing with my identity in Christ. And so Mike said, you have a core belief that you think that you have to be, the, you have to be good. You have to be top notch. Because like for me, like I don't play basketball because I stink at basketball. That's why. I, I enjoy it. But because I sometimes miss way more shots than I make, the reason I don't play softball with other dudes is because I don't want to be embarrassed because I'm not that good. There are, and so, but in life, like, it's easy not to join the basketball team or the softball team. I can, just, I can just not do that, right? But there's a lot of life like going to work. There's a lot of life like engaging with people that you can't just, like, I guess you could. I guess you, I could just like, live in my house and never talk to anybody, right? But in my life, like, there are certain arenas that I can't take myself out of that I have to engage and in those arenas, there would be times when I wasn't, I wasn't a good enough leader. Like I, would, I feel like I wasn't meeting staff's expectations. I wasn't meeting elder expectations. But I'm supposed to. And because I'm not, then there's something wrong with me. And it, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a mess. And Mike helped me. And so I had a, as Charlie would say, a truth exchange. Right? I went to work on what I believed and I had to replace it, just as you might have to, replace that lie that you believed that went from here to your heart. Because some of you believe that you're not good enough. Somebody, some of you believe in this room that you simply can't do it because you, you, you have a core belief. You have a belief that has went from your head to your heart that you've accepted as truth. And what I'm saying to you is there's an opportunity today that God is saying that is not truth for you. My word is truth, 
but you've got to call it out. You have to dig that thing up, and you have to replace it with truth. This is my truth. So this is one of my little prayer, prayer journals that I've had. We've talked about this before. But I have, I have statements that I, that, I, that I look at often that help keep me focused as a, as a man, as a father, as a follower of Jesus. Matt, you may be weird. I may be, right? But I added one in 2018. I want to share my confessions to you that I say to myself. I say, I confess. These are all of them. The last one is my newest one. I confess, and you're welcome to my world, that Jesus is my leader. Holy Spirit is my guide. I, I confess that more often than not. I have to remind myself who's the boss. Sometimes I think I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weird one. I must only do what God invites me into because I'm really good at staying busy. I have to only do the God things, not the good things. And I need to be reminded. No, I, only, I must only do what God invites me into. Number three, I cannot give God. It keeps me focused on generosity. I cannot give him. He will not let me. God is more generous than Matt Miller. But it's fun trying to give God, but I can't. Number four, I will not force my leadership. I, I, like sometimes I just want to say, because I said, can't do it. No, I, I don't want you to follow me because I make you. I want you to follow because you get to, right? Number five, it's not about me. This is my, more for marriage. It's not about me. When I make it about me, I do stupid stuff. This attacks my selfish nature. I'm a selfish dude all the way, right? So I have to confess myself, it ain't about me. When I make it about me, I typically do something dumb. And here's the new one that I added in 2018 with, my, with Mike's encouragement that goes towards my thinking to my heart that I believe the lie was this. There will be times when I'm not good enough. This is normal. Isn't that so basic? Like you go, some of you are like, yeah, duh. But for me, it wasn't duh. For me, I needed to know, hearing from a friend, a trusted friend, and from the Father, so the Holy Spirit, hey, Matt, there are going to be times in your life when you're not going to be a good leader. There's going to be times in your life when you're not going to be good at basketball. There's going to be times when you don't do a good job up here. And you know what? That's normal. It makes you a real boy. It's not Pinocchio, right? I had to uncover that. I had to change that. And so here's one of the things I'd like for us to think on today. When we believe something, good or bad, it determines the way we live. When you believe something, good or bad, it determines the way you live. And then allowing the Holy Spirit to get in your life, to get a part of your thinking, to get into your heart, and begin to change those things. Man, it's freeing. You know how freeing it is for me to know that it's okay to sometimes not be the best thing you've ever seen or heard? It's awesome. So if you come up and you say, hey man, today's message was really a mess, high five, I'm a real boy, right? Anyway. Now, I want to talk to us about how this idea of believing, from thinking from the head to the heart, how it impacted the early church, right? Because these guys, when I say early church, I'm talking about the first followers. Now, there's a guy named Rodney Stark. He wrote this book called The Rise of Christianity. I don't know if you ever heard of this. This was one of my studies when I was working on my master's degree. And Rodney Stark, when he started this process, he wasn't a believer. He actually, what's the quote that he said? He actually said in 2004 that he was personally incapable of religious faith. Like, he, he just had no interest. But he was mesmerized by this guy, Jesus, who grew up in a, in a carpenter's home in a nowhere town of Nazareth that rallied 12 other guys that had been told along their journey that they weren't good enough. That he, this, this, this poor carpenter from nowhere rallied 12 guys, and within 300 years, over 50%, 56% of, the, of the, the population of the Western world was following Jesus. Like, how, like, as a sociologist, Rodney Stark, that blew his mind. How did that happen? So he wrote this book. He didn't apply faith-based principles. He applied sociological stuff. 
He, he took the stuff that he was familiar with, the stuff that he was the expert in, and he pulled out like eight to ten things of how Jesus and those 12, how they radically changed to where in today, on January the 6th, 2019, churches all over this world are meeting and talking about one guy, Jesus Christ. It's, it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable, right? And here is one, just one of the, he gave like ten. I want to share with you just one this morning. And, uh, and this is one of the ways that the church exploded, and it had to do with uh, disease. So in the Roman world, uh, I think it was in the, like 125 AD and 250 AD, there were two uh, diseases that broke out, like smallpox and measles, something. And when the, over those two time spans, a third of the population died. And in the Roman world, when the diseases, uh, you know, some people call it the plague, they don't know what the term's for now, we look back and we call it something else. But when those plagues broke out, the, the Romans, the, we'll, we'll call them pagans for a sake, they, they weren't the Christians, they were the other people. When, when that stuff happened, you know what they did? The rich people went on an extended vacation. This is true. This is what he discovered. If you were Roman in that time and you had the resources and all the stuff is going down, people are getting sick, they hitched up their, their, their wagons and their horses with those in their immediate family, and they took the resources and they went to their vacation home. They got away from the sickness, from the illness. Those who didn't have that opportunity, their slaves, their servants, the other people in their family who maybe didn't have the resources to go to Disney World when that happened, right? What did they do? Well, they, a lot of them died. But also a lot of them, that just when, like, when their wife got sick or their brother got sick or their sister got sick or their husband got sick, they just honestly put them out to the streets to die. I mean, that, that's what they did because life wasn't valued. It was just another life and it was extremely selfish. And so, hey, get you away from me because I don't want to get sick like you're sick. And I mean, just corpses. And they wouldn't bury their dead. They just throw them out and so think about it, you have this disease, they don't know about germs and stuff, and it's just, it's just getting bigger and worse and worse, and rats and flies, and it's just spreading, right? But that's what they did. You know what the Christians did? One, the Christians didn't have the money to go on vacation, because they were poor and they were persecuted, so they had to stay. But when their brothers and sisters and their spouses got sick, you know what? They didn't kick them out of the house, they cared for them. Like, they, they washed their sores, they, they cared for them. When they're dead died when their sick died they didn't throw them out to the streets they actually had a proper burial they 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 dealt, they, dealt, they, they, they did whatever they did and they, they took care of the deceased body but they went beyond that they actually went to those who couldn't afford to leave those who had persecuted them their roman neighbors and they began to do for them what they had done for their own so the very people who had persecuted them hated them uh made their life really hard because of this this fellow jesus they began to care for their sick and they began to uh, manage their ill and here's what happened. There's a few things that happened. Number one, a lot of Christians died. A lot of Christians died because they kept themselves in harm's way. But the second thing happened, a lot of Christians didn't die, and a lot of Romans didn't die because what they discovered was by properly caring for the wounds, keeping the body clean, that there was a recovery rate. And so a lot of people that were, looked like they were on their deathbed actually got restored to health, Christians and Romans. And so when those sick Romans got better and looked around and all their family had taken off and left them for dead, and the people they were looking at were these Christians who they had persecuted, who had cared for them, guess how their attitude had changed towards those people? Well, you guys value life differently. Why, why did you stay? Why did you do what you did? Why, why, why led the conversation and the church exploded? It exploded because everybody else had given up. Man, these guys, why in the world would a people stay and put themselves in harm's way because they believed. It wasn't a thinking. 
It was beyond that. It was this renewed thinking that was given to them by God that had made it way into their heart. And that belief, those teachings of Jesus to care for the least of these, those teachings of Jesus to stay, those teachings of Jesus to just serve, they stayed and they did those things because they believed it. And Pete, I'm telling you, it's amazing what you will do when you believe something. It's amazing who you will talk to. It's amazing what you will say. It's amazing what you will forgive. It's amazing what you will give. It's amazing how much time you will serve. It's amazing what you will do when God takes your thinking into your heart and you believe it. It'll change your life. It'll be radical. Because when you believe something, it changes how you live. And that's what we're going to do over the next lot of weeks. We're going to spend the next several weeks talking about what you believe and why you believe it. And I'm asking you uh, four things. I want to give you my four ask of you. I would say if you were like, hey, Matt, what's the challenge of today's message? Here's the challenge of today's message. I'm going to ask every person in this room, and this includes your teenagers, and this is also going down to our kids down below in Kid City Elementary and Preschool. Here are the four asks that we have here at New City Church over the next several weeks. Number one is to invest in your spiritual development and buy these two books. Right? Those two books are the Believe Book and the Believe Small, a Small Group Guide. They're 10 bucks each, $20, right? And it'll be a great investment into your spiritual maturity. So I'm asking every person, Matt, you want me to buy them? Yes. Matt, it's my first time. Great. Glad you're here. Buy two books, right? We want you to buy two books. You're going to spend $20 this week on, on something else. Just fast from that uh, and, 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 and buy two books. It's 30 weeks long, right? It's going to be a great investment to your spiritual maturity. Number two is we're going to ask you to read a chapter each week from the Believe book. This week, I'm asking you to read chapter one. Next Sunday... First Sunday of the Belief Series, I'm going to discuss chapter one. This week, you get to imprint onto your kids in your uh, Belief City group what God is saying to you through chapter one instead of echoing what I told you to think. I'm helping you think by not telling you what to think. I'm going to show up next Sunday and put a cherry on it. I'm going to put a bow on it next Sunday and say, hey, here's what I think as I read chapter one of the Belief book. But you've got seven days to read, to think for yourself. And number three, here's the third ask is to join a Believe City group and discuss the chapter that you've read. That's what I'm, I'm asking everybody in this room. Well, I don't like people. Well, we're going to change that, right? Right? We'll put you in a group of other people who don't like people and be a great discussion. Right? But I'm asking you to join a Believe group so that you can discuss what you've been reading. Listen, we got them. Man, I'm asking you, get into a group. It'll be, you'll, you will be glad that you did, all right? And the last thing is this, is to be here on Sunday as I wrap it up, right? Which is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to wrap it up. A lot of what happens in 2019 as you follow Jesus has to do with what you do next. It has to do with what you do next. And you don't have to, listen, woo you get to. And then God is going to transform you by changing the way you think as you guard your heart above all else as it determines the direction of your life. Amen?